Hello there, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano on Judging Freedom. My guest today needs no introduction uh, to all of you. Uh, he's been involved in national politics for 45 years, and he and I have been friends for 45 years. He's the, the inimitable Roger Stone. Roger, what a pleasure. I know you've been so busy lately, but thank you for taking the time uh, to join us. Um, I first learned about uh, John Durham's filings on Friday evening from a text I received from you in the middle of the night when you got your, uh, your hands on it. It was the night uh, of the Super Bowl. I went to bed early. I didn't even know who had won the Super Bowl, much less that this was going to be front-page news on Monday morning. Of course, it was not front-page news. Uh, it was on Fox News and Newsmax and uh, Infowars, but I didn't see it anywhere else. What is the significance of what the special counsel John Durham has discovered and revealed about what was happening to Mr. and later President Donald Trump in late 2016 and early 2017? Well, Judge, I learned about this in the middle of the night because much like Donald Trump, um, I don't get much sleep. Uh, and uh, I send it to you because you were one of the very few public figures who actually predicted this, actually identified it at the time. Uh, now, you will remember, just as a student of history, that when some private citizens who were most misguided broke into the Watergate and were associated with President Richard Nixon's reelection campaign, uh, to plant bugs that never actually worked, that that would ultimately lead to the downfall and resignation of President Richard Nixon, who had the year before won the greatest landslide in American political history. What we have here is a far more serious uh, uh, scandal uh, because what we have is the government uh, using the full authority of the United States government at the direction of Barack Obama, uh, Vice President Joe Biden, who we know was in the room when this maneuver was approved, at the behest of Hillary Clinton, uh, to surveil the Republican candidate for president, to spy on him. Nixon went down because they were trying to spy on the Democrats and McGovern. Uh, and then, incredibly, later on, spy on President Donald Trump. So not only candidate Trump, but also President Donald Trump. That's an abuse of governmental power. Uh, it is the greatest single abuse of power in American history. Uh, this makes Watergate look like a milk-fed puppy uh, when it comes to the scandal. Although, as you point out, you wouldn't know it uh, by watching the New York Times or the Washington Post or any of the three networks, certainly by watching CNN or MSNBC. As a general rule, I don't get my news from CNN for the same reason I don't eat out of the toilet. Uh, it, is, uh, uh, it, it is extraordinary because we also now know, based on the public comments uh, of former director of national information, Radcliffe, uh, that he informed uh, the uh, FBI director and the CIA director uh, at the time, uh, and that he also informed uh, prosecutor Durham turning over a thousand pages. So what this really means is if you look at the three legs in the stool of Russian collusion, 
which turns out to be exactly as Donald Trump called it, a hoax. Uh, they were spying on the president. They were surveilling him to try to find some Russian intelligence connection. There was none. Uh, the so-called uh, Steele dossier, uh, which was a fabrication uh, that claimed uh, uh, misbehavior by, with, by Donald Trump with prostitutes in Moscow, a complete fabrication, was paid for by the same people who did this hacking. Uh, that would be Hillary Clinton. Uh, and compiled with the assistance of Russian intelligence. There's your actual Russian collusion in the 2020 election. And then, of course, the celebrated crowd strikes memo, uh, which the judge in my particular case refused to give us, remain classified, uh, but which we now know based on the testimony before the House Intelligence Committee uh, of the chief executive of crowd strikes who just happened to be Robert Mueller's deputy when he was at the FBI, uh, that there was never any proof of an online hack of the Democratic National Committee uh, by the Russians or anyone else. Uh, so I, of course, was convicted of lying about to Congress, specifically about something that didn't happen, uh, that I had no knowledge of. Uh, kind of extraordinary leak last Friday in which they said that Mueller, the special counsel, declined to prosecute me uh, for cyber crimes. But the reason he declined to prosecute me is because he had to quote his report exactly, quote, no factual evidence tying me to such crimes. Ah, but he probably had some political pressure trying to tie you to crimes that you never committed, crimes that you could not have uh, committed. And he succeeded in indicting you for lying about something that was so uh, absurd and so immaterial the indictment should have been quashed in its infancy. Fortunately, um, the president of the United States did the right thing by commuting your sentence and then uh, and then pardoning you. But yeah, I, I think you make the great point, Roger. Watergate was the use of private money and private assets, private resources to do a very clumsy break-in and a very clumsy uh, bugging job, which never succeeded. And there, and, and there was never any proof that President Nixon knew about or approved this. It never made any political sense. He was leading in the polls in 49 states. He also knew that in a presidential campaign, there's nothing of value to be had at the National Party headquarters, that the action, at least in those days, was at the presidential candidates' headquarters. Uh, but nonetheless, mostly because of the cover-up, uh, it brought down his presidency. Right. Now the question is, is very clear, and that is, um, will those who are engaged in this, in this act of treason, uh, who, who abuse their governmental power, uh, will they be held accountable? Never, never mind those private operators right, who were right, paid right. by the Hillary Clinton campaign in order to perpetrate this, uh, this act. All right. Let me go back a little bit. I fully agree with what you said about Richard Nixon. Uh, I have been working below the radar screen with Jeff Shepard. I don't know if you're familiar with his work. He was the youngest member of the White House legal team who has unearthed documents proving definitively Nixon didn't know about the break-in and Nixon didn't know about the payoff until after each had happened. Yeah. They had those documents weren't around in 1974 because I think he would have prevailed at an impeachment trial, but that's 
That's just uh, speculation. It was a great, tremendous injustice when he was forced from office. Now, well, well and in fact, to be absolutely clear, his counsel, John Dean, lied to him for 19 yes. straight months, uh, yes. as, as Shepard proved, as I proved in my book, uh, Richard Nixon, The Rise and Fall of Richard M. Nixon. Yes. Uh, and I have, uh, with attribution, I have cited Jeff Shepard's terrific work in his previous book. By the way, yes. Judge Sirica would have been removed from the bench if we knew uh, the way he had conducted that trial. He, well, Sirica would have been removed from the bench and probably pro uh, probably prosecuted if we knew uh, what he was doing with, uh, with Leon Jaworski. But, you know, we discover this stuff definitively after they're dead. The rest of the material that back to the present day that John Durham has discovered, I fear might be too late as well because the statute of limitations for these crimes, and they're very, very serious federal crimes, is five years. Now, it's going to depend upon how deep into 2017 the conspiracy went. One of the documents that I read this morning uh, indicated that the conspirators uh, gave up the ghost in January of 2017. So if you have an agreement to commit a crime and the crime is ongoing, we're not talking about pulling a trigger. We know when the crime was committed, when the trigger was pulled. But you have an ongoing crime. The statute of limitations starts when the crime ends. So the question is, when did they stop the computer hacking, and when did they stop spying on, by now, President Donald Trump? Was it more than five years ago? John uh, Durham is not stupid. He's not going to release this stuff unless he believes he has the evidence to back it up. Otherwise, it's just politics and it's just history. It's not It's not indictable. Well, you, but you have another, another question here. Put aside the private operators uh, who conducted the hack at the behest of Hillary Clinton. Even if the statute of limitation there has run, if those in government knew about this or were a party to it, I don't believe there is a statute of limitations on on treason. And this is treasonous activity. Well, I don't think that that um, Durham can charge treason because of its definition in the Constitution, waging war on the United States or providing aid and comfort to their enemies during wartime. I mean, we may hate the Russians. We may love the Russians. But we're not at war with them. So there's no enemy here for them to help. It is treason with a lowercase t, but not treason with an uppercase t. You are right, however, there is no statute of limitations on treason. The, 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 other, the other key point here, judges, you may have just touched on an explanation of the snail's pace of uh, Mr. Durham's investigation. Um, this is not rocket science, actually. Uh, he has, has bombshell revelations. Um, I had frankly given up on him. I also believe structurally that he reports to the sitting attorney general, uh, Merrick Garland, who would have to approve any prosecution that he would bring. So um, whether or not we have a two-tier justice system, whether it's just Roger Stone and Paul Manafort and Judge uh, and General Michael Flynn uh, who get prosecuted uh, for politically motivated and essentially fabricated crimes, to violate the False Statements Act, your crime has to be material, has right. to be relevant, uh, in essence, has to cover some underlying crime. I was subjected to a Soviet-style show trial in which my First, Fourth, and Sixth Amendment rights were trampled on, uh, but uh, no one seems to care. Uh, and you're right, 
uh, President Trump recognized the political motivation of my indictment, uh, the illegitimate nature of the investigation through which my indictment flowed, and the fact that I was not given a fair trial. Right. When the jury forewoman is attacking me on Facebook and Twitter regarding the very case in which she is later selected as a juror. And the judge doesn't see anything wrong with that. Uh, yeah, it is uh, questionable to say the least. You got to make two statements. One is, I mean, what happened to you shouldn't have happened to anybody, but you were also subject to the most spectacular, spectacular, live, filmed, over-the-top, heavy-handed arrest in the, in the in the modern history of the United States of America when they went after Richard Speck after he slaughtered a half dozen nurses in a dormitory in Chicago. They didn't do it with the firepower with which they went after you. You and I have talked about this. I've written about it. We talked about it when, when I was on Fox. You are very gracious the way you address these things. And I also have to tell you, you hit on something that I have suspected for a long time, and I'm going to say it now. Why is Durham going at a snail's pace? He is not stupid. He knows what the statute of limitations is. Why does he come out with this stuff more than five years after it happened? Surely he knew about it six months ago, a year ago, when it was within the time period. Well, let me address the uh, spectacular manner of my arrest. First of all, I was arrested at 6 of 6 in the morning when 29 uh, heavily armed SWAT-clad FBI agents who arrived in 17 armored vehicles uh, with a government helicopter overhead and two amphibious units pulled up to the dock behind uh, my house. Um, the government argued that I had to be argue, uh, arrested in this manner because I was a flight risk, yet three hours later they asked for no cash bond for my release, proving they never believed that I was a flight risk. At 6.06, I was arrested. At 6.11, uh, a CNN uh, correspondent sent a text of my indictment to my attorney. That indictment was sealed until 9.30 that morning. How could CNN have a sealed document? CNN claims they got it online. By checking the Wayback Machine, you can see that that's a lie. They accept an award for their exceptional and incisive investigative reporting. No, the initials of the man who wrote the indictment are in the metadata tags on the document sent to my lawyer. That would be Andrew Weissman. Uh, the leak of the timing to deliver a search or a, uh, an arrest warrant is a felony. But we have a two-tiered justice system in which you only get prosecuted if you are a supporter of President Donald Trump. You don't get prosecuted uh, for prosecutorial misconduct uh, or if you're a juror who lies about the circumstances of getting on the jury and lies about her bias. Yeah. So I don't know where all this is going to go, Roger. I mean, it's nice to have the truth come out. In my own case, it's nice to experience a little bit of vindication. I, I suspect there are a couple more legs of this still to come out, which will tie uh, James Comey uh, and John Brennan uh, to the British GCHQ. But but the, the point is not vindication of me. The point is vindication of Donald Trump. Uh, the point is that he predicted, in part on what I said, in part on what others said, that he would be vindicated because he knew that he had been spied on 
and that goes back to the fall of 16, may even go back earlier than that, where, where their goal was to wreck him as a candidate. And then he was spied on in the early days of his presidency, probably, probably until he fires Comey, which is now May of 17, which is fewer than five years ago. Uh, Trump was right. He suffered uh, mightily because of the crimes of these people, and they might not, they might be free from prosecution, either because of who they are, and the prosecutor dragged his feet, uh, or because evidence was held back that should have been forthcoming. I'll let you, I'll let you summarize, Roger. But let, let's be clear. They're now trying to run the exact same playbook regarding January 6th, and it's the same people. I'm sorry. I wasn't there. I wasn't on the ellipse. I didn't march to the Capitol. I wasn't at the Capitol. I have no advanced knowledge uh, uh, or any contemporaneous knowledge of, of the illegal events uh, at the Capitol. Anyone who claims or even implies that that uh, that I knew about or was involved in any way in those is that is categorically false. It's also defamatory. That said, massive headlines when the House Committee subpoenas both Alex Jones and I. Uh, I had to go before the committee to fulfill my legal obligations under the subpoena. I asserted my Fifth Amendment right, not because I did anything wrong, not because I had any particular knowledge of the subject, but because I have firsthand experience with the House Democrats' ability yes. to innocuous, immaterial, or irrelevant things you say and twist them into a crime. Uh, so I fulfilled my obligations but it is the same playbook. Uh, we know, for example, that the Capitol doors were open from the inside. You'll read that at the Gateway Pundit. You will not read it at the New York Times. So um, I see the same people trying to pull the same thing and to create uh, the same, uh, you know, relatively false narrative. Now, I denounce, val I, I denounce violence. I'm opposed to lawlessness. My entire career has been in elective politics. I like to win democratic elections, free, fair, transparent, democratic uh, 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 elections. But when you keep continue to characterize this as the deadliest attack on the United States, the only two deaths that I'm aware of are of unarmed women at the hands of Capitol Hill police officers who are now deified uh, and are held up as a model. Uh, I don't. I didn't understand that trespassing excuses one from first-degree murder, uh, but that appears to be the case. Roger, always a pleasure, my man. Thank you. We'll talk again soon. All the best. God bless you. Great to be with you, Judge. Thank you. Well, the the I don't know about the indictments because some of these crimes have a five-year statute of limitations, and much of this happened in 2016. So do the math. Uh, we're beyond the five years, which means Hillary herself may skate. However, uh, if this was uh, a conspiracy, and apparently it was, and if John Durham can uh, report it, the five years is measured when the crime is completed, not when the crime started. So it would depend how far into the Trump administration the conspiracy extended. If the conspiracy ended on Election Day, it's too late to do anything about it. But it appears from the uh, documents uh, that John Durham filed on Friday afternoon that the conspiracy did not end on Election Day. It appears that there was a conversation in the Oval Office after um, uh, Trump was elected in which uh, President Obama himself uh, participated 
uh, and discussions were had about using federal assets to spy on him. And there are two very interesting people present there besides the President Obama. One is Jake Sullivan, who was Mrs. Clinton's chief uh, intelligence advisor on, on spying and intelligence matters. He's now President uh, Joe Biden's uh, national security director. He has the highest national security clearance in the country. It's the same as the president's. The other interesting person there was Vice President Joe Biden. Uh, now, this, of course, was four years ago. Was he part, Alex, was he part of the conspiracy to undermine Donald Trump's presidency by using federal assets? But well, what oh, Durham is, is saying as this continued on into the White House, and, and if you look at this uh, and the things they said and did, I mean, I think I think that's where Durham's going. What do you think is happening? I think that's where he's going as well. Uh, and he, he very, very well may be targeting the, the former president, Barack Obama. I mean, if Barack Obama convened a group of people, if, if he convened a group of people in the Oval Office, which included uh, Jack Brennan, whom you see there, then the head of the uh, F uh, CIA, uh, Jim Comey, the head of the FBI, Mrs. Clinton, Joe uh, Biden, Jake Sullivan, and himself, and they agreed to use the assets of the federal government to spy on and thus undermine the president-elect who was about to become the president of the United States, then we have a very, very serious problem on our hands. In terms of, um, of the vaccines, I've been campaigning against them for a long time. It's not a vaccine, as you have said. A vaccine gives you a small dose of the disease. Your body fights it off. You have the immunity and the antibodies forever. This is a chemical cocktail, which is an experiment at lessening the effects of the disease. It doesn't prevent you from getting it. It doesn't prevent you from, from transmitting it. The Supreme Court has ruled several times, you control your own body. You decide what goes into it. The government of the United States of America signed a treaty called the Nuremberg Protocols, which prohibit the, the use of government compulsion to take experimental uh, chemicals into the body. So we are on very solid ground legally and morally, but big government, big pharma, and big medicine have persuaded the, the public that they are right and we are wrong. So again, it takes courage. The truck drivers in Canada have to be courageous. People like you need to be courageous. Uh, people listening to us now need to recognize that they decide what goes in their bodies not Dr. Fauci, and not the government. All right, we've got him for the rest of the hour, and I'm really, really excited. Former judge, former top Fox News host, completely vindicated on spying on Trump, got suspended at Fox for saying this four-plus years ago, and then that was the slow decline. They kind of locked him up, and we didn't hear much from him. Then I predicted when it happened they would wait till people forgot about him by shutting him down and then get rid of him. Totally vindicated, a real hero. The Durham investigation will be able to lay it all out on the other side or here in just a moment, but I wanted to play a short compilation of him back in the time, 2017, doing what no other mainstream media person would do, tell the truth. Here it is. Former judge and frequent Fox News contributor Andrew Napolitano has reportedly been taken off the air for now. 
Multiple outlets say Napolitano has been sidelined at Fox for repeating on-air unverified claims that former President Obama asked UK intelligence to spy on Trump Tower. Did Barack Obama spy on Donald Trump when President Obama was in the White House and President Trump was Mr. Trump running for office? Well, we don't really know the answer to that. Sources have told Fox News that President Obama could very easily have and probably did use a foreign intelligence service to gather this information for him. Three intelligence sources have informed Fox News that President Obama went outside the chain of command. He used GCHQ. What the heck is GCHQ? That's the initials for the British spying agency. Both White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer and President Trump defended accusations against Obama by pointing to Napolitano. Fox News' Shepard Smith walked back Napolitano's claim shortly thereafter. Fox News cannot confirm Judge Napolitano's commentary. Fox News knows of no evidence of any kind that the now President of the United States was surveilled at any time in any way, full stop. All right, so four plus years later, Judge Napolitano totally vindicated. We're about two minutes from break, but sir, I know you're not about vindicating yourself, but we could see you getting penalized, shut down, and then removed from air for telling the truth and going after Obama, Hillary, the whole deep state. Now you, I mean, you are like going to be the image in the dictionary next to the word vindication now. Thanks for joining us on short notice, Judge. Uh, you're very kind uh, to say that, Alex. And thank you for running those old uh, clips when my hair was a little darker. <laughs> uh, look, I mean, I woke up yesterday morning like everybody else did. I hadn't paid attention to what uh, Durham had filed over the weekend. Uh, but we now know that a significant arm of the federal government, uh, armed with FBI agents uh, and CIA agents, used federal assets to spy on Mr. Donald Trump during his presidential campaign and on President Donald Trump after he was already the president of the United States. We now know that, and the federal government of the United States acknowledges it, and if it has to, is prepared to prove it in court in the case against Michael Sussman. Is that the craziest thing in your career? I mean, in my life, I've never seen anything like this. This is crazy. Well, it, it, it was crazy because nobody would accept it. Nobody wanted to accept it. People came to me and begged to me, you owe President Obama an apology for, for what? You know, about uh, three months later, five uh, GCHQ, that's uh, British uh, intelligence agents, went to the Guardian of London, a left-wing publication, and said, uh, that judge in New York is correct. We didn't personally do it, but we know who did. So there was somewhat of a vindication then. The United States government, the Obama administration, still didn't accept it. But uh, the filing from John uh, Durham on Friday afternoon is so definitive there's no way he could have made that filing unless he has the absolute proof uh, to substantiate it. And, of course, it gets deeper. And, uh, and I was about to say, it gets deeper, sir. Please stay there. We're right back. You're going to have the floor. We're so honored to have you because this is so big of the future of our country to expose this bureaucratic coup. We'll be right back. Well, I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I am starstruck right now because I've always loved Judge Knapp watching decades on TV. I got to interview him before and, you know, hang out with him some in New York. But... Now that he's vindicated and, and been punished and basically taken off the air for telling the truth, suspended and then phased out for exposing 
illegal deep state spying. And now we know it wasn't just the British. It wasn't just uh, these private corporations. But then the government was involved and the wheels are coming off this. And we're just blessed to have him here to lay this all out. Be sure and bookmark his site and find his a weekday show, judgenap.com, judgenap.com. Uh, Judge, I wonder, I'm not going to criticize Fox News or others, but are they going to have you on for a victory lap now that you're so incredibly vindicated? Uh, I mean, that's probably a tongue-in-cheek question, but you, you were saying this is a huge deal. It certainly is. Explain to us why this is so definitive and what this Durham investigation means. And now the former head of national intelligence and all these folks say dozens of more indictments are coming out because they quote gave Durham the documents. What does all this mean? Well, the, the, I don't know about the indictments because some of these crimes have a five year statute of limitations and much of this happened in 2016. So do the math. Uh, we're beyond the five years, which means Hillary herself may skate. However, uh, if this was uh, a conspiracy and apparently it was, and if John Durham can uh, report it, the five years is measured when the crime is completed, not when the crime started. So it would depend how far into the Trump administration the conspiracy extended. If the conspiracy ended on Election Day, it's too late to do anything about it. But it appears from the uh, documents uh, that John Durham filed on Friday afternoon that the conspiracy did not end on Election Day. It appears that there was a conversation in the Oval Office after um, uh, Trump was elected in which uh, President Obama himself uh, participated uh, and discussions were had about using federal assets to spy on him. And there are two very interesting people present there besides the President Obama. One is Jake Sullivan, who was Mrs. Clinton's chief uh, intelligence advisor on, on spying and intelligence matters. He's now President uh, Joe Biden's uh, national security director. He has the highest national security clearance in the country. It's the same as the president's. The other interesting person there was Vice President Joe Biden. Uh, now, this, of course, was four years ago. Was he part, Alex, was he part of the conspiracy to undermine Donald Trump's presidency by using federal assets? You know, you can compare this to Watergate. Watergate was the use of private assets paid for by the Republican National Committee to break into a, a, an office and seize proof of who was having sex with whom and who was paying who off. This is the use of federal assets. Uh, Jim Comey, all the way on the left there. John Brennan, head of the FBI at the time. John Brennan, all the way on the right there, head of the CIA at the time. So this this is is uh, according to according to Durham, the use of federal assets to undermine a presidency. Now that is a half dozen different crimes there. It would just depend upon when these crimes were committed or when this conspiracy ended or how much fortitude Durham has and who he goes after. So there's been a lot of criticism of Durham taking years and years, but to me, I'm not a famous judge like you or a legal scholar, but this is like a super big ballsy move uh, to do this with Merrick Garland as the attorney general and all this. I mean, this is like, the, the, the hydrogen bomb effect, because we knew it was going on. I should ask you, you know, how you knew from your sources, but you know, we had our sources. We, we were talking about it, too. But this is just such a big deal. This has got to really concern, as you said, not just Hillary, but clearly this goes above that. 
Well, you know, it does. And I know you want to talk about this eventually. Why, why isn't the media covering this? Why, uh, why is uh, Infowars and Newsmax and Fox News and the Wall Street Journal? Exactly. I should have said that first. No one's covering. The, 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 I mean, this makes Watergate look like a child's play. I mean, this, this is huge. It does. Yes, it does. This should be, uh, never mind my allegations uh, against the Obama administration. This is proof from a federal prosecutor. This should be on the front page, top of the fold of, of the same Washington Post that brought Richard uh, Nixon down. Uh, and the same New York Times that uh, claims it's the standard in American uh, journalism, uh, but you haven't heard a peep about them. You haven't heard it on CNN or NS MSNBC or CNBC or any of the any of the networks. Uh, they think and hope that by ignoring this, it will go away. Now, it could go away if Michael Sussman pleads guilty. That's the lawyer accused of lying to the FBI who was a, a lawyer for Hillary Clinton's campaign, because he pleaded not guilty and there will be a trial, this stuff will come out at the trial. Now, I got to say a word about the crime that Sussman's charged with. I don't believe it should be a crime to lie to the FBI. Why? Because the Supreme Court has said the FBI can lie to you. Well, if the FBI can lie to you, you should be able to lie to them. They're not morally superior to you, but, but I am wrong. The law is what it is. If you lie to the FBI in an official inquiry, uh, you can be indicted and prosecuted. That's what happened to Sussman. And Judge, let me interrupt you because I'm always interested about this. That's why I won't talk to the FBI. I won't talk to the Jan 6 Committee. It's not that I'm going to lie. It's that they're going to say I'm a liar and indict me. So it's not just that you can't lie to them. They then say you're lying and play little split hairs games. When did that become the law that you can't lie to the FBI? Oh, I don't know, but it's been the law for a long time, and, and the FBI will use it uh, to the hilt. Here's a, you know, in the Martha Stewart case, in the same conversation in which she lied to them, they lied to her. The FBI agent who lied to her got a promotion. She went to jail. She was convicted of lying. This is considered a low-level crime. The, the maximum penalty is just a year in jail. To a lawyer, it's devastating because you'll lose uh, your license to practice. But, but the, the committee that you talk about sought you. In the Sussman case, he sought the FBI. He knocked on the door and said, I have to come to you. I have devastating information about this guy, Donald Trump, and his connections to Russia. Question, are you representing the Hillary Clinton campaign? Oh, no, 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 no. I have this from independent sources. That's the alleged lie. He instigated the conversation himself during which it is alleged that he lied, and he had the conversation with his now former friend, Peter Baker, who was the general counsel of the FBI. Normally, you don't get to talk to the general counsel about this evidence, but when you're a high-ranking, big-shot Washington, D.C. lawyer, and the general counsel is your friend, and you want to feed him some nonsense, that's the guy you go to. Wow. We're going to go to break and come back. This is just riveting, Judge Andrew Napolitano. I know you want to make this about yourself, but just in 50 seconds here, I mean, how, how did you know all this stuff? I guess sources, because you've been proven right. Well, yes, I had sources. One of my sources outed himself in the New York Times uh, went for his jugular. But but something of this magnitude, you have to verify it to three levels. So in addition to the source who outed himself, I had two other sources who were able to verify what I said before I said it. 
Wow, Judge Andrew Napolitano is with us. You gotta bookmark his site and watch his show. Uh, I watch it all the time, judgenap.com. And man, I just thought of him instantly this weekend when this all broke. I was like, oh my gosh. Because, <laughs> I mean, admit he was the t one of the top guys at Fox. As soon as he covered this, bloop, they phased his ass out. And that's what people pay for, to tell the truth. We'll be right back. He's a hero. Well, completely vindicated, the capital V, Judge Andrew Napolitano, joins us the minute in 2017 he covered illegal spying against the Trump campaign and President Trump from his sources they suspended him and then basically pulled him off TV until he was finally let go. And that was the reason for that. We could all see it. And he's a tough guy. He's not whining about it. He wants to just talk about the current news and how big this is. But wow, Clinton campaign paid to infiltrate Judge uh, Napolitano broke all this. Again, Trump campaign paid to infiltrate Trump Tower. White House servers to link Trump to Russia. Durham finds. And he's got the evidence and he's indicted the Clinton lawyer. And we know all this went on. And, and, and as you said, they outed themselves. They had a New York Times article on January 20th, 2017, where they bragged that they had wiretapped Trump and claimed that was the evidence he was a Russian. But there was no evidence. So that was the first outing. Then Napolitano dug into it and found out more. So I could ask a thousand questions, Judge, but in the 25 minutes we've got left, I'd like to just give you the floor, uh, just the run of this show, as the guy that tried to stop this deep state coup against America on what's currently happening, how you think they're going to respond back to this? What does Hillary, what does Obama do? Because what do you call this? That's my first question in this segment. Do we call it Obama spygate, Hillary spygate? Uh, do we call this uh, deep state coup against America? What do we call this scandal of scandals? You know, that's a good question. S somebody um, who's good at this stuff will put a handle on it and that handle will last, uh, but the law will call this a conspiracy, an, an agreement uh, to break laws. And that's really the danger to Mrs. Clinton, uh, because if this conspiracy continued on into 2017, probably up to the time that uh, President Trump fired Jim Comey, which is May of 17, well, that's fewer than five years ago. Five years is the statute of limitations. So the statute begins to run when the crime is committed. If you pull a trigger and kill somebody, that's when the crime is committed. Uh, but if it takes that person two or three months to die, the statute of limitations doesn't start to run until they die. If you have a conspiracy uh, to interfere with a valid uh, election of a president of the United States, I'm talking about the election of Donald Trump in 2016, and that conspiracy continues into 2017, even after he's the president. Well, that is fewer than five years ago because the statute of limitations is five years. So those who are uh, breathing a sigh of relief probably have more to worry about than they think they do. When uh, John Ratcliffe, the former congressman from Texas and former director of national intelligence over Donald, uh, uh, under Donald Trump, told my former colleagues at Fox News just pa this past weekend that there may be some indictments coming. I'm pretty sure that's Ratcliffe. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's what he was uh, he was talking about. So if Mrs. Clinton and Jake Sullivan and, and John Brennan and, and 
Jim Comey entered into an agreement in the fall of 2016, and that agreement carried into the presidency of Donald Trump until Comey was fired in May of 2017. Well, May of 2017 is fewer than five years ago. So Durham then has time to present all of this to a grand jury and ask them to indict. On the other hand, if the conspiracy ended at the election of Donald Trump in November of 16, well, then uh, those who want to see these characters prosecuted uh, are out of luck. But, but what oh, Durham is, is saying is this continued on into the White House. And, and if you look at this uh, and the things they said and did, I mean, I think I think that's where Durham's going. What do you think is happening? I think that's where he's going as well. Uh, and he, he very, very well may be targeting the, the former president, Barack Obama. I mean, if Barack Obama convened a group of people, if, if. He convened a group of people in the Oval Office, which included uh, Jack Brennan, whom you see there, then the head of the uh, uh, CIA, uh, Jim Comey, the head of the FBI, Mrs. Clinton, Joe uh, Biden, Jake Sullivan, and himself. And they agreed to use the assets of the federal government to spy on and thus undermine the president-elect, who was about to become the president of the United States, then we have a very, very serious problem on our hands. Now, let, let, me, let me suggest this to you. We know the spying was going on at least up until the time of the inauguration because two days after the inauguration is the FBI's infamous visit to General Flynn in his office in the White House. And they were able uh, to ask him questions and get him to contradict what they knew he had said on the phone to the Russian ambassador just a week or so before. So were they spying on the Russian ambassador or spying on General Flynn after he was was announced he was going to be the chief, uh, the national security advisor to President then President-elect Trump, or were they spying on both? I know you don't like to speculate, but just as a guy that's been around the block a few times, gut level, where do you think this goes? Who do you think is most concerned? Because I remember things like Jim Comey testifying to Congress. I, I, I never talked to the press. I'm not involved in leaking. And later, well, I did call the head of a major university so he could tell the press. Well, that's the same thing. If I'm a mafia boss and I tell my underling to go have somebody killed, I'm just as guilty. So I don't get how Comey tells Congress I never leaked. I just leaked through somebody else. That doesn't make sense. Well, look, uh, John uh, Durham uh, would have been unwise to have filed the document that he did last Friday laying all this out, A, if he couldn't prove it, and B, if he wasn't prepared to prove it, because he doesn't really need to go through this just to prove that this fellow Michael Sussman told a lie to the then uh, general counsel of the FBI. You know, there's one thing about prosecutors, and this is good and bad. They, they always like to prove their worth. I mean, it is the rare prosecutor that spends a fortune, that's Durham, that spends a fortune in government money to investigate and then doesn't indict. Because then he's got to justify, what the hell did you spend all that money so, on? So, so, what, so you're what? saying they have their case, and just like a mafia case, they're going after the Clinton lawyer and then to Clinton and then to Obama, you know, a, a, a Brennan, all the deep state players. I think there's a rational argument uh, to support that, Alex. You said it better than I could. Uh, look, just 
in those days when I made these allegations about the, the, the Brits spying on Trump, well, there's Jim Clapper in the middle. Now, he skated. He lied under oath when he was asked by a, a liberal Democratic uh, a Senator Wyden uh, from Oregon, does the government spy on Americans? And he said no. And then he said not wittingly. And then about a month or so later, he, in a letter, apologized and admitted he had lied under oath, and they decided not to prosecute him. That event was well more than five years ago. But that was public perjury over information that we all knew he was lying about. The questioner, Senator Wyden, knew he was lying about it. Anybody that followed Edward Snowden knew that he was lying about it. But here's what I was saying before your producers put up the photograph of um, Jim Clapper. Um, the, the concept that, that prosecutors need to justify their worth is well known in the legal community. Durham is a, is a lifelong prosecutor. I don't think he would have put that stuff out there last Friday if he didn't intend to demonstrate it. And, he, and, and if, if uh, Sussman pleads guilty, then, then Durham's only forum in which to demonstrate this will be a trial against somebody else whom he has yet to indict. And the whole question is statute of limitations. But if you get into ongoing, you know, they were spying after that. That will lead to the later spying during the four years of Trump. And then now it's a bunch of other investigations. Judge Andrew Napolitano is on fire and is the Phoenix vindicated. I mean, wow. I remember when he came out and said they were spying on Trump with evidence. I said, that guy's not going to be on air very long. And he wasn't. But he is still on air and, and regrowing his show. We really support him and appreciate him. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Well, you know, I admire people that are male, female, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, old, young. But you know who they are? They're the trailblazers. They're the mavericks. They're the people that time and time again I watch it and listen to or observe in life who are being truthful, that are being honest, and that really know what they're talking about. That's who I admire. More and more, though, the corporate media is dying. Even Fox's ratings are down. But nothing compared to CNN with 100,000 viewers on average, MSNBC. Because people know that's not genuine. It's okay if we make mistakes sometimes, but the people know we're trying to tell them the truth because we respect them, because we respect ourselves. And Judge Andrew Napolitano got phased out because that was the move he made, telling the truth when everybody else knew Trump was being spied on. They bragged they were spying on him. Oh, we know he's a Russian. We're spying on him. Napolitano's like, boom, I got you. Goes and looks it up, goes after him, they come after him. So people want men and women to do the right things, but then when we do the right things, some people don't back us. So I know you don't want to talk about yourself all day, Judge Napolitano, but any other points about the Durham investigation, how big this is, other key angles? And then I just want to ask you in closing, in the 10 minutes we have left or nine minutes we have left, just in general, your view on vaccine mandates and open borders and Biden's low approval rating and just any other, I mean, because I could talk to you for 10 hours about things happening in the world and just your view of where humanity is right now, Judge. Well, Alex, uh, you know, you and I have been friends for years and I have admired your work uh, for years. And you also have suffered uh, at the hands of, uh, of uh, people who press buttons in the world. Uh, because you have not hesitated uh, to tell the truth. And I think the overwhelming majority of the people watching and listening to us now would agree with what I just said about you. You are a hero to many, many, many people. Your ratings are astronomical. 
And that's because you always say what you believe to be the truth and you have the means uh, with which to back it up. You know, other than what I said about knowing the prosecutorial mindset and knowing that John Durham has that mindset, he needs to justify himself. I really don't think he's going to stop uh, at the indictment of uh, Michael Sussman, uh, Hillary Clinton's former campaign lawyer, uh, for a, what's considered a low-level crime because the punishment is, is often not even incarceration lying to uh, the FBI. If you lie to the FBI and send them on a wild goose chase and they spent a fortune um, uh, chasing down your lie, well, then they're going to come after you very aggressively. But if the FBI knows at the moment you lie to them that it was a lie, then they're not going to come after you aggressively uh, unless they have nothing else to come after you for. So during the Reagan administration, there's a famous arrest on a, on a Brooklyn street corner uh, in, in the years, in the days when we used to have phone booths, uh, the FBI had cornered a major Colombian a drug dealer, uh, but they had no evidence. They knew in their hearts who he was, but they had no evidence with which to arrest him. He got out of the phone booth and an FBI agent went up to him and said, hey, buddy, what's your name? And he said, Nancy Reagan. And they arrested him for lying to the FBI. Now, that <laughs> led that led to the acquisition of evidence against him and a prosecution and a lifetime sentence, but without some hook on which to hang their hats, uh, which came out of his own mouth, they wouldn't have been able to do it. On the other hand, if they want to frame you, as you know they can and have done, as they did to Martha Stewart, as they would try to do uh, to you, uh, then, then your best bet is not to talk to them Oh, okay, I'm glad you raised that because that's a question I meant to ask you and I'd forgotten. What do you make of January 6th? I've been subpoenaed. Uh, we offered him, hey, you want my emails with all my text messages? I'll give you written statement answers, but I'm not going to have you twist this and do a perjury uh, trap. And they just didn't do that. So now they may give me immunity. I don't even know anything. I wasn't, I mean, we tried to have peaceful demonstrations. What do you make of this January 6th? And, and now that they've got the new terrorism directive by the president saying questioning elections or questioning lockdowns is terror, and then Trudeau's declared a civil emergency, uh, and they're going to grab bank accounts without court orders. What do you make of this, cli of this climate? Well, the climate is reprehensible. It's totalitarianism uh, on steroids. You and our mutual uh, friend and colleague, in my case, a boyhood friend, uh, Roger Stone, did the right thing when the committee summons you. Don't play footsie with them. Uh, the way Mark Meadows was a decent, a decent human being. I've known Mark since his early days in, in Congress. Don't play footsie with them. Don't give them some things and then decide to throw up your hands if you don't like the questions they're answering you. Don't answer a single question except who you are and how they can reach you. That's the way you uh, and Roger Stone dealt with it. In terms of Trudeau, he's just as bad uh, as his father uh, there, there's no national emergency. The statute itself defines national emergency as one where the government is unable to protect the security and freedom of Canada, not one in which the roads are clogged. Uh, but that statute, which he has triggered, gives him tremendous power, as you say, to arrest without warrant or evidence and without preferring charges against the people uh, arrested. Uh, to confiscate bank accounts, to confiscate trucks, to confiscate insurance policies on the trucks, which, of course, is insane, because then you got a 16-wheeler on the highway without insurance on it. So wow. uh, he's, he's just uh, reprehensible. 
In terms of um, the vaccines, I've been campaigning against them for a long time. It's not a vaccine, as you have said. A vaccine gives you a small dose of the disease. Your body fights it off. You have the immunity and the antibodies forever. This is a chemical cocktail, which is an experiment at lessening the effects of the disease. It doesn't prevent you from getting it. It doesn't prevent you from, from transmitting it. The Supreme Court has ruled several times, you control your own body. You decide what goes into it. The government of the United States of America signed a treaty called the Nuremberg Protocols, which prohibit the, the use of government compulsion to take experimental uh, chemicals into the body. So we are on very solid ground legally and morally, but big government, big pharma, and big medicine have persuaded the, the public that they are right and we are wrong. So again, it takes courage. The truck drivers in Canada have to be courageous. People like you need to be courageous. Uh, people listening to us now need to recognize that they decide what goes in their bodies, not Dr. Fauci and not the government. Beautifully said. I, I see your clips on YouTube. Watch them all the time. I've also tuned into your amazing podcast because you're not just, you know, handicapped by 10 minutes a day on Fox on a few shows. You can really get into deep thought. It's amazing. Judging Freedom. Everybody should search that on the different platforms and follow it. JudgeNap.com. You can find it all there as well. Judging Freedom available on YouTube. Judge Andrew Napolitano. Judge, thank you so much for the time. And again, I know you've been through a lot for telling the truth, and I just appreciate you for myself, my crew, and my family. Thank you so much for being a great American. Uh, thank you, Alex. It's a pleasure. Anytime I'm available for you. God, God bless, bless you. you. God bless you. Thank you. Wow, that's a real American right there, folks. That's the real deal. He didn't back down when the attacks were going on. He was put through hell, and now he's been vindicated. Wow. Wow.